Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of McQuillan, McGuigan and McKenna. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 55. And as comes up on a semi-regular basis before the Supreme Court, this case is about the troubles in Northern Ireland and the legal ramifications of some of the actions of the British government and armed forces. On this occasion, we will be looking into the human rights implications, and in particular Article 2, which is the right to life, and Article 3, which is the prohibition on torture, degrading and inhuman treatment. There are also two particular incidents that this claim for judicial review deals with, and I'll spend some time going through the facts of them now. The McQuillan case is brought by the sister of Jean Smith, who was shot in the head while she was a passenger in a car on a street in Belfast back in June 1972. More than 40 years later in 2014, military logs were revealed suggesting that the shot was actually fired by a member of the military reaction force of the British Army. As a result of this, the Chief Constable of the Police Service of Northern Ireland, or PSNI for short, proposed that a further investigation into Smith's death be carried out by the force's Legacy Investigations branch. However, in response to this, McQuillan issued judicial review proceedings on the basis that the Legacy Investigations branch was not sufficiently independent to conduct such an investigation in breach of Article 2 of the European Convention on Human Rights. At this point, it is maybe useful for me to step in for a second because it might sound a little bit confusing that a potentially biased investigation is a breach of the right to life under Article 2. But it is important to remember that the right to life also includes the rights for deaths to be properly investigated by the state, and so that is how the judicial review claim is linked. Before we get an answer to that problem, though, we also need to discuss the other incident that is at the heart of this appeal. This is often referred to as the Hooded Men case and concerns the mistreatment of 14 men who were detained by security forces so that they could be interrogated by the Royal Ulster Constabulary, who were the local police force at the time. In fact, law students who have previously studied human rights in the past may well be aware of this because in the 1970s the country of Ireland brought a case against the UK regarding this treatment and its relation to Article 3 of the European Convention on Human Rights, which, again, is the prohibition on torture, degrading and inhuman treatment. In Ireland v UK, it was decided that while the treatment of the hooded men did not meet the threshold for torture, it did constitute inhuman and degrading treatment. Anyway, in 2014, the National Irish Television Channel, RTA, broadcasted a documentary about the hooded men that, as in the McQuillan case, examined new documents that had only recently been brought to light. In particular, the so-called Reese Memo was written by the Home Secretary at the time to the Prime Minister and referred to the use of torture and its approval by UK ministers. As a result of this documentary, the Police Service of Northern Ireland considered whether it represented sufficient evidence to warrant a further investigation into whether the UK government had authorised the use of torture in Northern Ireland with respect to the hooded men. The PSNI later decided that there wasn't enough evidence, and so Francis McGuigan, who was one of the hooded men, and Mary McKenna, whose father Sean was one of the hooded men, 
brought judicial review proceedings in relation to that decision. The cases both made their way up to the Supreme Court, which dealt with them in the same judgment, and that's what we're going to examine now. The first step for the justices was to consider the impact of the passage of time since the original incidents. The relevant case here is the 2008 decision in Brecknell and United Kingdom, where the European Court of Human Rights developed the test for whether the coming to light of new evidence revives the obligation to properly investigate a death under Article 2. While in McQuillan's claim it was agreed between the parties that the new evidence from military logs was sufficient to require a fresh investigation, in Hooded Men's case it was decided that the Brecknell test was not satisfied because the new evidence did not substantively further knowledge that was available at the time. That view appeared to be confirmed by a 2018 decision of the European Court of Human Rights, after Ireland made an application for the original Ireland v UK judgment from 1978 to be revised, but that request was dismissed. The next step for the Supreme Court was to consider another test from the European Court, called the Genuine Connection Test from the case of Yanovich. This is all to do with situations where the death occurred before the contracting state entered into the convention, or in the case of an individual application, before that state recognised a right of individual petition. Here the crucial date is the entry into force of the Human Rights Act on the 2nd of October 2000, and so it was decided that neither case satisfied the Genuine Connection Test. In spite of this, the court did choose to make comment on the question of independence in the investigation. As regards the death of Gene Smith, it was held that if Articles 2 and 3 did apply, then there was good reason to hold that the investigation of the PSNI would not have been effective because the Chief Constable of the Force had not explained how there would be sufficient independence. On the other hand, the same could not be said for the Hooded Men case. Overall, I think that in terms of the law, we can say that the Supreme Court got this right. If we are saying that the government only undertook a broader set of obligations in the wake of the Human Rights Act, then it is not right to say that it should be held to those standards decades before they even arose. However, I think that the judgment is not a good one in terms of restorative justice. As seen from this case, incidents from the Troubles in Northern Ireland continue to affect people to this day, and is still a huge part of politics in the region. Even the recent crisis around the Northern Ireland Protocol is an indirect result of that persistent conflict. It is difficult to move on and live in peace when there are still so many unanswered questions and such distrust in the police. Thus, while the judgement is right and correct, the reason that the judicial review was even brought in the first place is because of systemic problems in the UK. A culture of secrecy has only grown over the years even as the Good Friday Agreement seeks to put it behind us. There is a desperate attempt to protect British service members, when we should be open and honest about the pain and hurt that a small number of them caused through their actions. This attitude is only growing under the current administration, as the Conservative government tries to shield criminals from prosecution just because they were wearing a uniform. A failure to properly engage with the past will only cause more problems in the present. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, 
then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter, we talked a lot about the Sue Gray report and also some of the problematic areas around the Metropolitan Police's intervention into the parties at number 10 Downing Street. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!